Hi, everyone, and welcome to Spill It, the Gwinnett County Public Library's podcast all about YA literature, where two of us love YA and one does not. I'm Catherine, Teen Services Librarian, and I love YA. I'm Patty, Youth Services Manager, and I love YA. And I'm Sarah, Youth Services Specialist, and I not. It's <laughs> <laughs> great grammar there, Sarah. <laughs> For the first time ever, we're recording very early in the morning. <laughs> I love yeah. mornings, too. <laughs> Just so everyone knows, we normally record at about 2 in the afternoon when we're all, like, you know, here and ready to go. Had some lunch. Not a morning person, so this could be fun. We are all Morgan Moofles. <laughs> Well, I just finished reading The Assassin's Blade by Sarah J. Moss, which is a collection <laughs> of short stories set in the world as the Throne of Glass series. I'm sorry. I was just laughing because I'm like, she's still on her Sarah J. Moss kick. She hey, never I, ends. I took a break. <laughs> never ends. But all of the stories take place before book one of the series, and you learn how or why Selena ended up in the Endovier salt mines. I don't want to go into any more detail than that. So I don't spoil anything for anybody who is interested in reading the series or just starting it. Because if you, this is like a prequel. And if you read the other books before you read this collection of short stories, it is going to tell you the fate of a whole bunch of characters Mm. in the short stories. Now, interestingly, that was published after it wasn't published first. So like it's like the third book that was published. As a collection, it was published after, but I think the short stories themselves were published before. I need to double check that, but anybody else have a book to share that they're oh, currently reading? sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I am reading Only a Monster by Vanessa Lynn, and it is a um, story about a girl named Joan, and she has she's like 16, and she's got this saying with her cool weird family in London that she of course you know doesn't know a lot about and there's a boy that she kind of likes whose name is Nick and then it turns out um Nick is a monster hunter and she comes from my family of monsters turns out she is the monster oh no and she is going to have to save the day because of course there is a big bad thing (laughs) without going into too much detail to spoil too much stuff and Joan is going to have to save it because sometimes it takes a monster and not a hero to save the day. And I was not expecting this book to be as fun. And it feels like a Doctor Who episode almost or some timey-wimey stuff. And it's it's really, I'm enjoying it a lot. Good. What about you, Sarah? Are you reading anything? I am. I'm reading one that probably both of y'all would hate very much. <laughs> it's called <laughs> Bent Heavens by Daniel Krauss who I believe also wrote The Shape of Water. But this is about a girl who, in high school, her senior year, and um, a couple years earlier, her or maybe a year or so, anyway, her dad goes missing after kind of going crazy and telling everybody about aliens and et cetera. And so now she's alone with her mom, who's an alcoholic and trying to work two jobs to support them and blah, blah, blah. But... The girl goes out for a run one day, and she goes to the traps that her dad has set traps all around the area for to catch these aliens. And guess what? There's actually an alien in the trap. Okay. So she takes it back to her, a shed with the help of her good friend who's in on all of this. And um, 
then like they're trying to get information out of the alien and they're not being very nice about it. So it is very... So it's not really an E.T. story, No, huh? it's not an E.T. story. <laughs> and it's not really sci-fi. It's more horror, I guess. Um, and yeah, it's very dark and violent. Does she think that it took her dad? Me. Yeah. Okay. They know that it did. It okay. has. There's evidence that it has something to do with her dad. So they're trying to find out. Because her dad's missing, so right. they don't know if he's alive or whatever. So they they want to find out what it knows. I mean, at this point, we all apparently aliens are real. So yeah, it's maybe. creepy though. It's scary. I probably wouldn't like that. No, then. I don't think you would. Because I was like, this doesn't sound too bad. But no, no, <laughs> no. If you think it's creepy and scary, and I'm listening to the audio version, and the alien has a few like you know, things that it says in an alien language, and they use some sort of sound effect for this alien language that's like, like the first time I heard it, I was like, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand. Does the alien speak English also, or do they have a universal translator? No, they don't know what it's saying, but it makes noises, and and it's like, I don't know. I can't do it. Very, (laughs) very useful. Very useful torturing thing that you don't understand what it's saying. Yeah, they haven't they haven't really thought it through. I don't think <laughs> they're reacting more from an emotional standpoint they, than a logical. They need one. to watch that movie, The Arrival, to figure out how to communicate. Right, with aliens. they just need to study linguistics for about twelve years. I'm sure it'll be fine. Just keep it in the barn for yeah. this, until you get your doctorate. Keep feeding it skittles. <laughs> The look on Catherine's face right now. She's just like, y'all just, okay. Okay, so let's move on to what we're talking about in this episode. Patty. So I got to pick the book, and I felt like we had been reading a lot of kind of dark, murdery, thriller sort of books, and I wanted a break from that. So I picked Cafe Con Lychee. Uh, It is by Emery Lee, and it is... A YA romance. There are no monsters. There is no murder. There is no death. Wah, wah. It's just an adorable romance. So this is the book description. Theo More wants to escape. Leaving Vermont for college means getting away from working at his parents' Asian-American cafe and not having to deal with their arch rival's hopeless son, Gabby, who's lost the soccer team more games than Theo can count. Gabby Morena is miserably stuck in the closet, forced to play soccer to hide his love for dance and iced out by Theo, the only openly gay guy at school. Gabby's only reprieve is his parents' Puerto Rican bakery and his plans to take over after graduation. But the town's new fusion cafe changes everything. Between the Morena's struggling shop and the Morena's plan to sell their bakery in the face of competition, both boys find their dreams in jeopardy. Then Theo has an idea sell photo-worthy food covertly at school to offset their losses. When he sprains his wrist and Gabby gets roped in to help, they realize they need to work together to save their parents' shops. But will the new feelings rising between them be enough to send their future plans up in smoke? Cover talk. My favorite part, cover talk. Sounds so enthused. (laughs) Patty hates this part. I don't, yeah, I do kind of hate it. Well, it's a pretty cover. I like the color. Yeah, I like the the colors choices. It's a very uh, light, pretty blue with um, different foods that are all done in like a tan and 
pinkish and stuff. And it's got the two boys on it and they're facing each other. And there's very little lychee on this cover. I see, I see a few, but I think it's in keeping with the trendy covers. I know. Yeah. Would you pick this book up based on the cover? I might. I've read several like foodie kind of meat cutes and like, I don't know. I probably would have. Yeah, I would have too. It doesn't scream Sarah to me. No, it doesn't scream Sarah. That's true. (laughs) But I find the cover attractive if that's. And the title is cute. Like it's a cute title. Yeah. I do think they made Gabby cuter than they made Theo on the cover. Oh, in my opinion. I think they're both cute. I can see what you're saying. I don't. I don't know what it is exactly, but yeah, if I had to pick one, it would be Gobby. Agree, based on that. I I think they're both <laughs> cute. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can tell by looking at them too, just a little bit. I mean, we'll get more into it, but like they're different personalities. One definitely looks more, you know, apprehensive, and one like looks sweet, just angry, and one looks like kind of angry or mean. So okay. So let's dive but I like in. it. I'm, I like what y'all think of the book. I liked it. It was a nice turn from maybe our darker themes. I enjoy the darker themes and I like the mystery, suspense, thriller, murder, that kind of thing. But I also really enjoy these type of books as well. Yeah, I overall liked it. Uh, I thought the romance was sweet. I, I do think that some of the plot points were pretty preposterous. <laughs> There was um, a lot about this book that I was like, okay, I'm just going with this. Ever. <laughs> yeah. If you just sort of, you know, let go of that and just sort of enjoy the character development and the relationship that changes between them and, and some of their friends along the way, then yeah. Um, I don't know if we want to, one of the things I had issue with was the ending, but I don't know how much we want to talk about the ending if we don't want to spoil it, but. Well, I also had issue with the ending. The ending felt a little like um, wrapped up very quickly and with a nice little bow, which I don't think would have is very realistic at all. And still left some pretty big questions for me about, wait, how is this going to (laughs) work? Like, I don't feel like there's a less than 24 hour turnaround where suddenly you're okay with things like parents who have had beliefs for like their whole lives are suddenly like, whoa. Not only are we okay with it, we're going to change our entire lives to make this happen. (laughs) And now with the business, I'm not going to say what happens with their businesses, but at the end, something happens, and I don't feel like that is super realistic either in the time frame that it has supposedly happened. And Yeah, and would not solve a few of the problems that the parents were facing, in my opinion, about why they were like their businesses were in jeopardy. Well, I, so yeah, there's a lot where you're like, okay, this is a romance and I'm reading this book and yeah. the plot yeah. is I think you have to do that. If you, yes. if you do that, yes. then you're fine. If you're somebody who's going to be like, Wait, what? what? <laughs> yeah. Because there's a lot that I'm like, I guess that's true. Like a true romance reader is going to read this and be totally fine. Yes. Yes. Because like the romance is very sweet. It is. Um, my only complaint is I was like, okay. There is not enough kissing in this book. Well, it took them a really long time. There's one kiss. To come to terms to being together, I guess. It did take a long time. But that's a little more realistic, I feel like, especially since one of them hated the other. 
pretty intensely. <laughs> yeah, and yes. I for kind of, dumb reasons. You know that um, I don't <laughs> mind that. I that's the element. Of, I like a slow burn romance. Yeah. I like the near misses. I yes. think that that yes. kind of just builds the tension. Which oh, I like that. Yeah. I just want slightly more payoff <laughs> at the end. Yeah. Like I don't need like you know. I just I just want like a couple more kisses. But they're taking it very slow. They're taking it very slow. Very slow. Which they, but their parents certainly aren't. <laughs> but they are. So, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> but like, yeah, um, I did admit, like, I did have Theo's reasons for hating everybody. Like, it's just like, I was like, boy, he just. It's all internal. Maybe, it's all internalized yeah. within my Maybe feel everybody like. needs therapy. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> With Theo, I think this is all internalized and taking it out on the world. Right? He's built a lot of walls. And taken extreme slights to things that maybe weren't as intentional. I was like, your parents are, didn't say anything bad about you, dude. Calm down. Like, right. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I think know. there's a lot of times when his brother is like, there was like, oh, yeah, you're using that big brain of yours. And he sees that as like a backhanded compliment, like he's trying to make fun of him. And I'm like. No, I think your brother means that. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't think that that was mean. <laughs> but um, so Gabby's gonna be good for him because, good lord, he needs somebody to be like, dude, everybody doesn't hate you. <laughs> Gabby's issues are a little more complicated because his with his parents and their how they feel about his sexuality and stuff. But even that, I did think it was funny. Like, Gabby just when he decides to come out, comes out. <laughs> Yeah. I like that though. I feel like that's probably true, true to life for some. For some. Yeah. I'm not saying for everybody, but I mean, my, I had another issue with Gabby, uh, with the, you know, dancing and sports and whatever. Oh yeah. Uh, I would like to point out, especially ballet, very athletic and graceful <laughs> and graceful. That should have translated have things like balance. Well, to, <laughs> playing a traditional sport or at least not i mean maybe you wouldn't be good at it but well, you wouldn't be like a clown which I'm, is well that's what i'm saying like he should have had grace and balance he should have been able to run he should he have been able to stay on his feet know where like, the other people are on the field and not crash into them <laughs> yes i mean because sports i mean there's choreography in sports i mean yeah i don't call it choreography but different plays and things and where you're supposed to be on the field, that is a type of choreography. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes I it thought is. So that, that scene where he, I mean, cause I'm thinking even <laughs> I, as a very out of shape, very non-athletic 50 year old woman <laughs> can kick a soccer ball, could run up and kick a soccer ball <laughs> without falling on my back. I sort I, of think we should try this. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's go get a go soccer get a ball. ball. We'll film it. <laughs> I'm going to try it. Because I also think I could manage to kick the ball. I wouldn't kick it very far. Yeah, I'm not saying it would be <laughs> like great. something you want to watch. But I wouldn't fall but over I would twice. make contact with the ball especially, with, and stay upright. Especially if you had already made a team and you have been playing <laughs> soccer yeah. for a season. Yeah, give me a few months and I think it might look like something less embarrassing. And your parent is super into soccer and has probably gone out and... Since kicked you were a ball four, with you? yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think you could probably <laughs> kick a ball. That was like 
come on. <laughs> Is he just doing this because he, like, intentionally he wants to hang out more and get these soccer <laughs> lessons? Because it felt really. Like, I could see him. Like, I can, like, there was the one crash that was described where he was, like, running to the ball. And Theo runs to the ball at the same time and gets, like, I can. I can well, understand that, that. That's totally well, normal. Sometimes That's they collide, but they made it sound like he collided with like, somebody every time. Every time. Like, I was like, okay, I can buy this. I can't buy, he can't kick a ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I don't know if it's just from former, being a former dancer, but that just really offended <laughs> yeah. me. She's like, you know, dance is hard. It is. And it is. Yeah. Quite frankly. I think it takes. Well, I'm not going to say it takes more coordination I, than sports because I don't know. I don't, haven't done saying, either. But Well, I will say, I've seen a, professional male ballerinas, and those men could bench press a truck. Like You have to have extreme muscle control right. is, is all I'm saying. So I feel like it would translate and body, to being a, able to... Body awareness. Yeah. So you would know, for example, where your foot was. And if it was yeah. going to hit the I'm not going to say this you're going to look amazing because if you've ever seen, well, you probably, I don't know if you have, if you've seen like a traditional ballet dancer try to do another style of dance, like tap or something where you're not moving, Used to it, yeah. picking your feet up as high, like there is a difference there. So like, you're not going to be perfect at it, but you're going to be able to stay on your feet. You're probably going to make contact with the ball. And so what we're saying is we need some professional or at least semi-professional high school male ballet dancers to come to the library and kick some soccer balls for us because we just need to know that you can in fact do it <laughs> yes <laughs> i think you can because apparently this is I the also plot think point you can we're run. gonna get uh, yeah. very stuck <laughs> without falling down okay i think he could run mostly i think it was a combination of running and kicking and kicking he just had a problem running and kicking at the same time but I don't get it. Yeah. And I know we've spent a long time on that, so let's move on. <laughs> what I enjoyed about this. I did I, enjoy it. That yes. was not me saying I did not enjoy this Oh, book. yeah. I think I think we have to have something to talk about because this is a podcast, so we're going to talk about like the, the small things. Because right. overall, this book is adorable. Right. Like, it's an adorable YA romance. The boys are adorable. Their relationship is super cute. Their friends are fun. Um I liked that they everybody had their own friend problems and they were trying to solve those as well. I did continuously wait. I was like, okay, this is all going to come crashing down at some point. When when is everything going to kind of fall apart? Because they have this whole business plan set up and the whole like uh, yeah. and friends are gonna find things out. And, and that's like, another thing you have to suspend your <laughs> This sleep over because number one, there's a room in the school that nobody manages to like notice or go into other than these three boys. What? Number two, like the <laughs> teachers are you know, like all these kids are just showing up with food all day long, every day, and well, nobody's like, my Where thing is this is coming from? They're pulling them out of class and then suddenly they appear back in class with, with their food. to go food. Yeah. Like, no, I'm with like, food. what? Yeah, and then, like, That's where are they? That's not suspicious at all. Yeah, it, that kind of just felt, no. I just thought it was hilarious. I was like, man, this school is really into homecoming. That, <laughs> that too. <laughs> I was like, no They're way. like, oh, it's for homecoming? You're excused. <laughs> for You're weeks. allowed to just sit out of class for <laughs> Any weeks. Any time you want. For weeks. I'm like, they don't even have a football team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're, like, super into homecoming. <laughs> it's like, okay. 
I mean, it works. It's a plot point. You have to come up with something, a plot device. But like, I laughed several times when I started to really think about it because I was like, what is the school that is so into homecoming? Okay. Speaking of that, Gabby's friend, Melissa, she was a piece of work. I just thought of her as very type A. I guess I did get a little mad at her. Like I got mad at her more than I got mad at other people in the book because she was, didn't particularly care about homecoming to begin with, but then she got super, super, super into it to the point where she was like, she accuses Gabby of not being a good friend. And I'm like, girl, she was terrible. You have not. Well, yeah, I do think too. I was kind of like, she has some nerve to be mad at him about not taking homecoming seriously when He's only on this because he wanted to help her out, right? Right. So if somebody's doing this for you as a favor, maybe you don't criticize their level of enthusiasm. And also, like, it's homecoming. (laughs) It's not prom. But she did admit at the end, I'm sorry. I don't. You're right. I don't even care about this. I let it get out of hand. He said she was going to do that because he was like, she doesn't actually care about this, right? But now that she's in charge of it. She's giving it, has it her to be all, perfect. and it has to be perfect. But still, I think she treated Gabby terribly. She gave him that badge. It's a vote of confidence, and he broke and her he trust. Abused it. He abused her trust. I was and like, and then ratted him out. Uh, basically, she, well, she threw him under the bus. But, That's more what I meant. But yeah, I was yeah. a little like, she told him she was going to do that though. She I did. Know. She's she, like, you can use this, but if you get caught, I'm going to deny everything. And he was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> Although I will say the relationships felt very like a high school, like, of course, because like all the relationships felt very high school-y. Yeah, I do think that they um, read like real teenagers, even though the scenarios didn't necessarily read realistically, their characters felt yes. like real teenagers to yes. me. Oh, and I totally predicted with Vivi. Oh, yeah. Where I was like, oh, was she's coming from. I'm like, she is so She's so into, into him. him. <laughs> Poor Vivi. This is going to be a plot point at some point. Yeah. yeah. You could tell. I was like, when when there was like that time when he's off cooking and she calls like five times and sends him like 38 text messages or something like that. I was like, one, girl, girl, girl. Is she the one that told Millie though? Yes. Yes. So in true petty girl fashion. That, which also feels realistic. Yes. No, I know. Well, <laughs> yeah. well Steve's girl. Like, and, like, here's the thing. They were talking, they were talking bad about Melly together. And mm-hmm. I had a moment of like, oh, this is going to come this back. Is this is going to get back to Melly. Mm-hmm. I know it. I don't trust this vivid girl. But I was right. <laughs> Sarah, Theo has a friend and his name starts with a J. Yes. What'd you think about this What'd you J? think of this J name? He actually... He was a really good friend to Theo. He was not a good boyfriend to, I can't Clara. remember the name, Clara. Oh, that that was, they were terrible. Right. <laughs> so he doesn't 100% break my J rule, but he was a good friend to Theo. Like, probably a better friend than Theo deserved most of the time. Yeah. And Clara, quite frankly, could do better. Oh, Yeah. But that also felt very high school, like the... the yeah, I, I liked, I kind of liked that relationship just because of that, because this felt... But I think they both More realistic, knew. like, oh, you know, we're mad at each other for reasons we don't even really can't articulate, and 
we're together, we're apart, we're together, we're apart. But I think Justin and Clara were both aware that that was like a for now relationship. Oh yeah, that's not. Neither (laughs) seemed too hurt about it ending. Yeah, I think they were hurt because they got offended more than they were hurt because their hearts were broken. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, their parents haven't basically married them off. (laughs) But he was. What's his name, Justin? Justin. He was a little bit of a bro dude. A little bit. A little bit. Oh, yeah. He's totally a bro. Because, like, Theo's totally a bro dude. Like, he's a soccer player. And, like, they, they're they bro dudes. They're they're complex-ish. Outwardly. Outwardly bro dudes. Yeah, I don't know that I would say that about Theo as much, but. Well, Theo's the kind of person who's going to hang with bro dudes. Because he's outwardly a bro dude. Justin's so much like, nothing bothers me. I'm kind of. But he's not a Brian level. No, no, bro no. dude no. from no. last week's episode. No. No <laughs> Justin would not end up on an island surrounded by crazy people. Right. But I, I mean, even with the relationship with Claire, and I know I don't know Justin very well, but <laughs> I, I don't feel like he would be, you know, quite that. That I want, level. I of, want Justin's story. What's going on internally and in yes. Justin's head when he's looking at his phone the entire conversation? But I think he's he he knows feelings is what I mean. Well, I mean, like he's friends with Theo, and like he, I, like Sarah said, he's a very good friend for Theo. That's what I mean. And like, yeah, I think it's interesting that Theo's friends are better friends than Gabby's friends are to him. Definitely. Yeah. Although Millie did keep Gabby's secret, even though she knew Vivi was totally in. Millie into seems him. like, but yeah, that kind of friend you have that you love her, but you're also like, Ugh, she also drives you crazy. Exhausting. I think we all know nuts. people like that. We all have friends like that. Yeah. We all have friends who are like, yeah, I love you, but you're gonna drive me absolutely bonkers sometimes, especially when a project's involved. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think I can be Melly. <laughs> Maybe. A little, a little bit. I think we all can be a Melly. Like, like, everybody hmm. can be that person. Everybody yeah. has that person. Everybody is that person sometimes. So, But, like, yeah, overall, I thought it was a super cute book. I enjoyed it. It was a very quick read. It was. It's very light and fluffy. It's a very summer kind of book, even though it takes place in Vermont in the fall. But... So read-alikes, if you liked this book, what else should you be reading? First, I have some suggestions coming straight from the author. First is Bad at Love by Gabriella Martins, which is a romance and it also involves coming out and race and culture issues. Or you could read The Summer of Everything by Julian Winters, which involves boys in love and trying to save a beloved store. Or you could try 1,500 Miles from the Sun by Johnny Garza Villa, which envoys um, boys in love and soccer. But my personal one, I haven't read any of those, that um, my personal one that came to mind was A Fa Love Story by Lone Lee. Um, and that is about, um, it doesn't involve a queer romance, but it uh, is about a romance between the children of two rival restaurants and how they have to somehow work together to save their restaurants and their families. Oh, yeah. And I, I forgot. I was going to point this out. Patty, you picked another what I feel like is kind of a Romeo and Juliet 
type of story. Yeah, I didn't even think about that when I picked <laughs> when this. You said rival, and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot to put that in my notes. But you know, two rival businesses, the heir to one and the heir to other. Right. The other. <laughs> it's true. I don't. I don't know why I've got For this Romeo who and Juliet. Doesn't like Romeo and Juliet. I know. <laughs> I didn't even mean to. It didn't even occur to me until like halfway through this book, and I was like, oh, this is another one of those, isn't it? Yeah. But my read-alike, I've talked about this one before too, but it's How Moon Fuentes Fell in Love with the Universe by Raquel Vasquez Gilliland. And I think it'd be a good one. It's got a little enemies to lovers. It's got those parent-child relationships that are maybe not the best, which we see a little of in Cafe Con Lichi with Gabby, and a lot of cooking. Okay. Um, I would also recommend Anything by Julian Winters. If you, if you like this book, he is... Did you know he was local? I did not. He lives in Atlanta. Yes. Okay. Um, So a local Atlanta author. Um, He does lots of very sweet gay romance high school stuff. He has another one about soccer called Running with Lions. And it is about Bloomington High School's star goalie. And he's great. And he's starting his senior year. And his teammates are amazing. And he's got a coach who doesn't ask anyone to hide their sexuality. And then his estranged childhood best friend shows up at summer training camp and it's about them. And it's, it's very cute and sweet. Um, so I would recommend that one. And then I would also recommend, I think we've talked about it before on this podcast, Bloom by Kevin Panetta. Yeah. And it's um, a graphic novel about a bakery. And um, so I kind of think that that one, it's got the bakery and the shop and that sort of and the romance. I think we both talked about that one, but now I can't remember where we talked about it. Maybe just in the office. <laughs> no, I think we talked about it. I think we have talked here. about it on here, but it's a good um, one though. Yes. And it's again, it's a cute love story with bakeries. Also and very sweet. Very sweet. And it's a coming of age and it's about find, figuring out where you want to be and what you want to do in your life. So it's got a lot of those themes as well. And the, the other kind of friendships are also part of it. So like, but Sarah, it's your turn to pick for next episode. So I'm going to guess we're, we're back. going dark. Are we we're going, going back, back to, to murder? Oh, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> no, well, this one had a little bit, this uh, Cafe Con Lichi had a little bit of a homecoming theme. We're going to dive more into the homecoming theme with The Black Queen by Jumada Emil. And in this one, this town has elected their uh, high school's first black homecoming queen. But there is somebody who is not happy about that. And then the queen ends up dead in a cemetery. And her main rival is being accused of the crime. So we're going to read that one and find out what happened. And Sarah and I actually got to meet Jamada Emil at ALA. Yes. Delightful. Okay. This has been another episode of Spill Lit by the Gwinnett County Public Library. I'm Sarah. I'm Patty. And I'm Catherine. Tune in next time when we spill the tea on the Black Queen. Remember to like, review, and subscribe. And until next time, keep reading.